Happy Wednesday. Oh my gosh, I am so excited for our podcast today. Uh, we have an extra special guest. Uh, and here comes Oscar because he heard. He heard me. He heard me. Okay, move. Oh, move. Move. Oh, move. Okay, so uh, this is Rachel and I am uber excited. Who else is here? It's Miss Anderson. Anderson. <laughs> yeah, and where else can they find you? Photoswithanderson.com or on Facebook. If you are a feminine energy and 18 years or older, you can also search for my private Facebook group, Boudoir Photos with Anderson, and check yourself out some sexy time photos. Sexy time photos, mm-hmm. right. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And uh, we just want to announce that we also did set up our next social event. So through uh, Photos with Anderson and A Good Girl's Guide, if you can find that on Facebook and go ahead and give it a like, that's coo coo or you follow me right on Facebook. Uh, and we've got a private VIP page if you are 18 years old or in feminine energy as well. Uh, and the VIP page for a lot of sexual wellness and intimacy building. Uh, a lot of exciting things happening. So we have the social is at the end of the month. It's last Monday, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. And we're not going to announce the location yet because it's, we're still it's tentative. Yes. But you'll also probably just want to private message us when you decide you want to come to that. That's 100% free. Uh, we are, did it last month and it was fantastic. This is kid friendly again this month, right? I think so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so if you can't find a babysitter, that's perfectly fine. Come on out and get social and meet women. It's just building community, literally of friendships only. That's what we're looking for. <laughs> um, and we got an empowerment class coming up, but I really want to talk um, about the wellness group that we have yeah. going on. Uh, if you need a private invite to that on Facebook, that's been fantastic. If you are searching for some personal development and accountability, there's women getting so raw in there. It is, a, I mean, it's, it's open to anybody but right now it's it's ever it's all female so get in there there's a lot of growth happening there's a lot of sharing happening uh it's fantastic but speaking of all that goodness that's kind of what we're going to chat about today how to get more of that in your life and we have our extra special guest as i mentioned my dear friend Haley. are you excited to be here Sure. <laughs> sure. Yeah. She basically had to be like uh, arm wrestled into being in the room today. So I'm excited because it's your first podcast. Yeah. Yeah. So Ever? yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Yay. Pop cherry. Uh, <laughs> so exciting. And now Haley is a longtime friend of mine. Um, I think at least five years. Yeah. Five years. Um, which is about the same time as Anderson's been in my life. How weird yeah. is that universe moment? Right. <laughs> uh, and you are a sister consultant in the party plan business that we are currently in, right? Yes. Yeah. And how long have you been in? Five years. Perfect. Yes. Uh, yeah. That, well, that's how we, <laughs> we, we became friends fast. Yeah. So um, everybody in this room is an entrepreneur, which is really um, an exciting place to be yes. for women. Um, you know, one of the best piece of advice I'd ever heard from a wealth coach, Miss Abby Carlson. I love her. Mm-hmm. She talks about like one of the easiest ways to become self-sufficient in money is to do a home-based business. And there's a million of them out there. Um, it's the only business that doesn't discriminate on any factor. One of my favorite mm-hmm. mentors says you could be from Yale or jail and she'll exactly. take you. Uh-huh. Yes. Yale or jail. You can be a millionaire if you really want to. Um, but more importantly, you have time, freedom, flexibility. You build based on your strengths you are rewarded for that mm-hmm. so everyone in this room has been able to accept that you worth it okay so i think this is just gonna be a really powerful podcast for women that are looking for any kind of growth like that we're gonna focus i mean for us i think heavily is gonna be well about business but that's what we have the most in common in the room right now but yeah there's growth in every area and that's important to talk about but i'm gonna let anderson lead us off because when we were picking our topic 
37 minutes ago. <laughs> 37 seconds ago. <laughs> okay, let's be real. We, we finalized 37 seconds ago. Yes. Um, because I had said I was going to go see Jackie, my therapist today. And mm-hmm. I was like, I'm going to see if I can be inspired by my conversation with her and use that as our topic. And I was kind of still drawing a blank. So you decided for us that we were going to talk about imposter syndrome. I thought you were going to start talking. Okay. Your dog was looking. Yeah, I know. He's a, he's a lover. Yeah. That's a more polite thing I was going to say. So yes, (laughs) we're going to talk about imposter syndrome. So can you tell people like, what's the basic definition of that? If they've never heard of it. So my definition of imposter syndrome is basically you are afraid that you're not as good as you think you are. Um, at whatever business adventure you're doing or anything in life and that you're afraid that at any point in time somebody is going to find out that you're not as good as you think you are or as good as you pretend to be and that people are going to call you out about it and and call you an imposter for me it's photography i struggle greatly with the fact that there are so many well-established photographers in my area that i feel like i am an imposter i I know that I'm not on their level. I know that I don't have as much experience as they do. Those are all just facts, not opinions. But now, like, even though I know that it takes time to establish yourself and it takes time to get experience and it time to grow, I'm afraid that somebody's going to stop me in the middle of taking photos and, and tell me that I'm not a real photographer mm. because I don't know as much as everybody else. Yeah. So it's an imposter syndrome. Imposter syndrome. Yeah. Um, and there's a, a fantastic TED talk about this. And I think you could just literally just Google TED talk about imposter syndrome. He's an Australian dude, black t-shirt, black hat. I can, I, that's about how much I can remember of it right now. But I, I recommend highly for anybody to listen to it. And again, it's more business centric, but again, you can, you can look at this in your relationship. Like when you have a great relationship, you might, you can be an imposter syndrome. And they talk about that in a TED talk. So we'll talk, I'm going to write it. Well, we'll come back to that. We'll talk about that. Um, but for me, it's a little bit different and I'm sure it's the same at the same time. Mine is more, I never feel like I belong. Mm -hmm. Like when I got into top 10% consultants in my company, right? It was, I didn't even want to go to the luncheons. I did not want to be in a room with a panel, you know, because it was like, I could not relate. I, these people are better than me. They're always going to be better than me. I, there's no way, I don't even know how I got here. Like I got, I didn't get here. This, these people got here differently than I did. And I don't even know why I'm here. And that you're, va- the way you got there wasn't as valid as their way. Oh yeah. Like, they probably did it better, faster, stronger than I did. Mm-hmm. And I, I struggled way too hard for mine. Oh yeah. And I don't deserve to be here. That's how I feel with like having my photography studio. Like Yes, I have a studio that mm-hmm. I rent, but I sublet it. So it's not like it's my photography studio. It's it's not good enough. It's got, yeah, it's not the same as, you know, another photographer in town renting out their own space and being the sole photographer in that studio. Right. So yeah, imposter syndrome through and through. Yeah. Haley, you uh, recently left oh, your yeah. corporate America job after how long have you been in that job? 12 years. You were in the job for 12 years. And how long had you thought of it about going into business solely for yourself? I would say for a full like two, two and a half years, I thought about it. You thought about it for two years. And how, how often did you want to pull the trigger? 
several times. I can't even tell you. Yeah. So what was it for you that you, cause if we can be open, like when I, when I decided to go in business for myself, it was a poor decision in terms of planning. Like I was just so sick and tired of my job that my husband thankfully said, you're either going to make it work or you're not. And I guarantee you, you're going to make it work because you're not going to want to go back. And I've been making it work, but not to the level of capacity that I want. And Mm -hmm. that's what takes getting real with yourself, right? So for you, it was this, it was similar, right? Yeah, I was just you fed up with the job. Yeah, and you'd had enough. Yeah, and Scott also was behind Scott, your me. husband. Yeah, yeah, he was behind me on the decision, and I would say also like in my business, I was being consistent and I was bringing in the the income that I needed to do to make myself comfortable to do it. I mm-hmm, guess mm-hmm. so. All of that kind of played a role. Yeah, in so the you guys decision. Are- you guys are both better than me. My I was not at a level of income that I should have been at. Oh no, I, I wasn't either. I was still living on credit cards and I did not I mean, my boyfriend was supportive, but I was not being honest with him about my finances. So he did not I, have the whole I was picture. living beyond my means as yes. well. Yeah. So I pulled the trigger and every day since I've thought about, well, I could just get another job. I could get another corporate America job. Well because, that's where I'm at too currently. Right. Because There's I, I have imposter syndrome. And I go back to like okay, what if I was just to go back to the job that I don't, I know that I'm worth more than that job. So do you find, like, does that thought happen less and less as you begin to believe it? Or do you feel like you still think about it as often as you did? No, it becomes less and less. I was going to say, because for me, I rarely, it's not, for me, that's not an option. And that wouldn't have been me even two, three months ago. You know, like during holiday season when you feel the stress regardless of how things may may or may not be okay. But in that moment, there was consideration because there's fear. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's fear. But it will, if it hasn't yet, it will. And that's what I think why we need to talk about it because – as we talk about very often, Anderson and I do, and we have from time to time as well, Haley, is that you guys always feel like, and you state that you feel like I'm a couple steps ahead. And I, I believe that as well. But I also believe that anybody has the potential to speed track and get to where I'm at. And at some point, you will be able to fully accept that we are equal people and we are. And until that time comes, I'm still going to. Ego. I'm a, no, it's not about it. The, it ego is gone. Good. It's about believing in the responsibility to do that and live by it because if i don't then you will be scared to do it well yeah and i tell you all the time that i'm so thankful to have somebody that i'm so close to that's done it before me because when i get into my monkey mind and i'm like oh you can't do this you can't do this i always end up asking well then why is rachel able to do this like Mm -hmm. why like it's it's not to tear you down a peg it's well what is so different about rachel and i what are why can't you do the consistency why can't you go out and hustle why mm-hmm. can't you do, i can do all these things i've been proving it to myself it's just not at the now capacity just, that i want to do yet right and discovering why yes yeah and and i agree with that too because i have somebody that does that for me mm-hmm. and i and I, there's two there's two forms of the question like you had said it's why can't i versus why her mm-hmm. why her is negative yes. like how dare she that's jealousy that's vindictive mm-hmm. that's spiteful and i've been there I've been there. Then that's the wrong motivation. That that does not build a sustainable business. Mm-hmm. It doesn't build a sustainable mental health state. It does not promote integrity. Um, and those things are all okay to admit. And I think that that's, that's also, that's difficult because when you get to a level of influence, which I believe all three of us in this room have that and what we do yeah. on some capacity mm-hmm. in I would agree with all, several, um, it's never wrong to say, I'm going to do it better. 
And it's never wrong to tell other people that you might feel like there's been some things that were questionable or you're like, I don't want to do that that way anymore. I did it because I did it out of a, a place of fear before of scarcity or lack of whatever. Mm-hmm. I did it because I thought I had to do it to get where I was. Um, and I'm not I'm not OK with that person that I was before. That's, that's never wrong to admit. And it's never wrong to start to grow from that and exponentially. Well, I feel like that's the definition of growing is letting go of things that no longer fit serve, your, you. Yeah, like serve you or fit your values. Or just discovering it too. Yeah. Like I, you know, we, I think we just discussed the other day, like one of my mentors <clears throat> virtually, <clears throat> I've never met her, <laughs> but, um, you know, she has a very compelling story about how she grew up and there was a lot of lack that people can relate to. I grew up in a trailer park, but we we were not that broke. Like, I, I never went without. So I always kind of felt like, well, my story isn't, it's not as connectability. What, I don't even know. Connect, like, people can't You, you can't connect to it. And so then I worried that, like, why, why would people want to become part of my tribe? Like, where are my people? I don't even know where that fits in because I'm not middle class. We weren't rich. Like, whatever. And you had said to me, because I said, I was just, I was, I was a brat. Like I, somebody had just said to me in a personal message the other day, like you were so miserable 10 years ago when you worked at Verizon and 2018 Rachel would have been upset by that. Mm -hmm. But 2020 Rachel was like, that is true. That is true. I can say that I was conceited and I operated from a place of my own value all the time. Like what was going to benefit me? And, and I deserved that. I felt like I was entitled to that. And I didn't realize it. Mm-hmm. I just, I was lazy. <laughs> it was like, yeah. I, I expected so much. I don't know. Is, is that just me? No, no, I, <laughs> I feel that as well. And it's funny that you bring up lazy. I feel like so much of my anxiety and fear comes from a place of being lazy and wanting to be lazy. Because, and still be successful. And still, and still, be still successful. have all the things. Yes, because I know that I could get better at my photography skills if I practice. I know that I could get better at shooting boudoir if I would just take a couple of models and and try out or ask for help from other established photographers who are willing to help, even though in my mind we're competition. Mm-hmm. They they still want to see other people succeed. They're not, not everyone's out to see people tear down, but it comes back to I'm too lazy to ask. I'm too lazy to. Is it lazy put in the- or is it fear? I think I would, that's how I feel too. I feel like I've I've gotten into the. The laziness, but I feel like in the back of my head, it's me being fearful of what the results will be if I do it. Well, yeah, not even about asking for help to learn more about photography. Yours is, what if I'm still unsuccessful? Yeah. That's why it's not working. That's why it's not snapping, because you you still have fear. You still have doubt. And the universe is going to give you what you want through self-sabotage. Mm-hmm. that's manifesting through laziness. You're not lazy. You go to the gym three to four days a week. You run a family that is in full time and you're, you're six people. Mm-hmm. Five, sorry, five. I can't six count. plus a cat. Yeah. Two five, kids. Five, five plus a cat. Yeah. Yes. When Ethan's there. Yeah. So well, anyway, so you, you run a household and you were thrown into motherhood in less than two years ago. Yeah. And you do run the business. You run two businesses right now. You're working on three businesses right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have a lot of things personally happening to you right now, which people will go, and I'm talking to Haley now, sorry, um, that some people wouldn't have survived right here, right now. The things that you've been through in two years since I was pregnant with my baby. Yeah. Th- some people don't recover from that. They get into a cycle of woe is me. Like, I, I, I just, I can't. Like, it would have been easier for you 
You you got to a massive car accident. Yeah, and I had at that point, I had two years ago. Yeah, it was two years ago, and I had the day that she told me I couldn't work. All I thought about was that I had sixteen parties on my schedule. And tell people, tell people what happened. Like the, the, you can tell them about what the car, like your injuries. I want to know. Okay, so um, we um were in a car accident, and I broke my femur. Um, I was rushing to surgery that morning, um, and I now have a rod that runs from my hip to my knee. And so I was out for, they said three months. I wasn't going to be able to do much activities, but I remember um, four days after leaving the hospital, I went to training, and then um, right after that, I went and did my uh, first party with my walker, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and my sister-in-law went with me, so I still did it. That night of that accident was the first night I ever met you yeah yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. so I, I remember can you remember we went to Florida together and that was that was one of the <laughs> funnest trips I've ever had in my life that was where Savannah was you know mm-hmm. she, she was born and Hope was born on that trip that yeah, was I, one I of my push favorite the damn walker with wheels yeah in the sand <laughs> yes because we needed to see the ocean yeah, and it was a struggle yeah but yeah I did it. and then your husband also pushed you into traffic yeah <laughs> five four three two one <laughs> That's how L. Dottigan, right? We've already mentioned him once on a podcast. Yeah. And that sounds terrible, but it was because we were trying to, there was a crosswalk, but there was no light Mm -hmm. and you just had to get across traffic. Like, and it wasn't like terrible, but she was like, but this walker, you guys are like, I have to go kind of slow. And Scott's like, no, get excited. Five, four, three, two, one, go. And like, he like, he helped her through traffic faster is what it was. But so, so yeah, I think that that's, um, that's all, that's really important for people to hear. And, you know, again, right now we can relate heavily to business, but, you know, in that TED talk, they talk about this in a relationship. Like I, oh, if you, if this is how I tell people, like, it's not about soulmates, but when you know you're with the right person, you, there's two different kinds of fear in a relationship. And there's like the fear of abandonment and leaving me mm-hmm. because you have trauma. There's the fear of someday they're going to wake up and go, I'm so much better than this person. I can't believe I'm with them. Mm-hmm. And that that's the real relationship. That's the Tony. That's the find yourself a Tony. That's the I'm marrying Brett McGovern at some point in my life. That's the Scott and I will be together forever because it works. Like it's rare what we have in this room. And I tell Tony that all the time that that is what I, I, I want for people. But they ask the stupidest questions on how to find it. Mm-hmm. It's you can't find it. You don't. You don't go searching for it in desperation. You have to. For me, I had to do work on myself. Correct. I had to get right with a few things of myself before I was ready for a relationship. Correct. And we both watched that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you did. Yeah. yeah. It was a lot of uh, my life right before I met Brett was such a clusterfuck. It was so toxic. It was so toxic, and I'm so glad that I got out of that situation. But I, I almost had to go through that. To, no, you didn't almost. You had to. I had to go through that. To, that was your bottom. Yeah. It was, oh, my God. It's sad. Like, you don't, in the moment, you don't no. recognize that it as your bottom. Hell, that you, makes me emotional because, yeah. you, no, you can't know. No. And even though, I mean, people were telling me all the time that it was the situation that I was in, seeing a married man and mm-hmm. being, just throwing my values out the window and I didn't care and I was living a carefree life. Like, it was toxic. It was so bad. But when I met Brett, I think we talked about marriage on our second date like not hey let's get married right but no more, but it was you saw it yeah i saw it i and i wasn't scared to ask him about it like i think right like you date, would be scared scare him away yes because you felt safe i felt safe and yeah. but now talking about imposter syndrome in your relationships i 
constantly am fighting my anxiety about is he going to leave me because I have abandonment issues with my own biological father Mm -hmm. and I have abandonment issues with other relationships, friendships in my life Mm -hmm. that I felt were were like friendships that would last through the ages and didn't last more than two or three years. Mm -hmm. And so I have all of that anxiety and it's, it's so bad that Brett can, A, he recognizes it. Now when I'm in my own head, even if he's just looking at me across the room, if I'm having anxiety about something, be like what are you thinking about what's going on yeah he, he knows you he knows me he can Mine hear too. it he can hear it over the phone like i, I was, tony knows it through text i was barely he knows crying. it through text i was barely crying on the phone with brett one day and he was just like are you in, are you having anxiety right now like are you in your monkey mind and i was just like how can you do that but it's <laughs> it's nice it is nice but it, as great as all of that is like i still have a lot of issues that i have to work out mm-hmm. on myself right to be to not have that imposter syndrome. Yeah, yeah. It's so bad that I, I told you this the other day, last weekend, Sunday, this, this last Sunday, four days ago, whenever, I don't know what day it is today. Um, I asked him because I was having anxiety in my own head about abandonment and like, what if he and I break up in the, like before we get married. And so I just asked him, I was like, would you be sad if I wasn't here tomorrow? Like if you came home from work and all of my stuff was gone, would you cry? Like, would you be sad at all? And he like looked so shocked that those words would ever come out of my mind. And in my head, it was not like, oh, I'm thinking of breaking up with you. It was more of, I need reassurance that you would be sad if we broke up. Like if something happens in the long run, I need to know that. This is the, this, that you, I'm crazy right now, but yes, I need you to understand. I, this, yes. Because if I don't say it out loud, I'm going to keep running it through my brain like exactly. a normal human being does. Yes. But that's where we get stuck in the cycle of pain. Yes. And then he surprised me with what he told me. And I'm very yeah. excited about that. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. So um, for for you, Haley, how do you feel like, do you, do, you, do you ever feel like, I mean, I think that your relationship is a little bit different. I'm sure Scott has imposter syndrome all the time. Yes, definitely so. <laughs> yeah. But you are secure in your relationship that, <clears throat> so you're like Tony in my relationship. Yes. And I can't speak to that. Like, I've never asked him if he's ever had this feeling. But for me, it's my insecurity is harped on feeling stupid in our relationship. Mm -hmm. And he is, he does not make me feel stupid. He does not make me feel stupid. I allow myself to interpret something he may say or do, or not even, not even like I play it in my head. Like, cause he, I feel like he's more intelligent than I am. And I've never been in a relationship with somebody that intellectually challenges me, which is good because it makes me want to be a better person it's so stupid and cliche i know but that's the truth of it is i, I want to do things with him so that i feel like i'm still learning you know yeah. whatever whatever but in my head i've said anderson sometimes hears things before my husband does not because i don't trust him but because i need her to tell me he's not gonna think you're stupid like he's gonna he's gonna support you he's gonna love you and i'm like but what if what if he just wakes up one day and just is like i could be with somebody smarter than this that is my who do you think you are? Mm-hmm. And it's so silly. It's so silly, but it, it is. That's for me. That's. I don't want to lose him because I'm dumb. <laughs> <laughs> he makes me really good cookies. Oh my God. And brownies. And brownies. These <laughs> girls got to eat the vegan brownies. So um, it's, it's in every walk of life. And I think that everybody has their Everest. You mm-hmm. know, a lot of people's, I believe, is emotional um, things that they have to heal. And that's tough because where I think a paid professional, a residency even paid professional, you don't, you don't, there's a lot of free services out there. A trained professional is what I meant to say. You can really guide people in gaining the tools, but some people don't have access to that. And I feel very fortunate because <clears throat> I tripped into personal development totally on accident. 
And it can be success in any area, but you have to be able to be aware of whatever that success is and then use that as an anchor so that when you start to trip up in your wealth or when you start to trip up in your relationship and have that anxiety that you bring into the table that you were talking about, you're able to say, but, but at some point I've, I've done something successful. At some point I, I did it, I did it the right way and it stuck and relaying yourself back to that bank. That's what I'm doing currently. Yeah. We'll talk a little bit about that. With like my, my personal weight loss journey. Like, so um, I did really well. I started my weight loss journey probably a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've lost in all like 80 pounds. Oh. It fluctuates in between mm-hmm. like 80, 75. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was doing really good with going to like the gym three to four days a week and eating all the things healthy. Mm-hmm. And um, life kind of threw me a curveball four months ago. And I feel like I... I went like a whole month and a half without even thinking about going to the gym because I got stuck in something went wrong and now I just need to give up on everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you and feel like, so you lost all the good habits, like you completely mm-hmm. reverted back or you just slipped up in a couple of areas? Just slipped up in a couple of areas because I feel like I, like there would be days where I was like, okay, I need to get past this and I would do really good, but then the next day something would just get me right back into the mood of let me just soak in my bed and eat brownies. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just need to get back to like the mental set of, I was doing good at one point. Yeah. And, and remember And me that. and you talked on our call the other day and I have done better. I went to the gym three times this past oh, weekend. Oh yeah, put that on my story. <laughs> um, and I have been trying the meditation, so mm-hmm. that has helped a lot as well. So I have been feeling better just in this past six days. Than I had that I would have been if you would have asked me a week ago. Oh, somebody make my husband listen to this podcast, okay? Because <laughs> when he asked me, like, why do you do it? This is why I do it. Uh, it's so special that you get to be here today and we get to talk about this because you said you needed it and that's why you're here. Yeah, it's why you're here, and it's it, uh, it, it's all about the state of mind. And this is the the thing I think if people could realize how easy it really is. It's not about not validating whatever pain is there or whatever thing you slip into. It's about how fast you're going to start training your brain to recognize it and how low of a tolerance you're going to accept for feeling that way and knowing that you, you've been happier before so you know you have the capability of doing it. So it's about how long will you stay in that state of mind. That's it. It's that easy of a solution. And it's, it's, it's hard to pull the trigger is the problem. Mm-hmm. Because you got to get uncomfortable to get back there. Yeah, I went to the gym that day, like, that we had our call. Like, yeah. And I hadn't been to the gym for a month before that call. I mean, I'm not saying I could turn water into wine. (laughs) (laughs) You are so full of yourself. I am not. I have to joke about it, but... No, what this, is it? The Rachel tumor? Yeah, no, they just they just they just call it. Well, they used to call it the PR tumor, and that's yeah. and that's dead. Okay, I didn't even need to get chemo; I just ate plant based. <laughs> <anyway. laughs> okay. Oh my god! Don't you dare! Oh, that's so bad. <laughs> no, I know. Oh, that's funny. My way is not the way. I'm just saying you just got to do what's best for your own body. Okay, but um, now ego, I think, is important because. You'll, especially when you're going through imposter syndrome, it's almost hard to believe that somebody doesn't have humility. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. you're like, you're so insecure and scared. Like, where does e- ego is always there? 
All right. And that's acting. That's even acting out of a place of ego. In my opinion, you just have to shift your perspective because one of the best piece of advice I ever read was from Jen Sincero. Um, I took her coaching course and um, she talked about like, like somebody's question was like, how, how do I have the audacity to go out and do big things when like other people are suffering that kind of thing, that mentality. Mm -hmm. And she was like, how dare you not think that your gifts will change the world. Like you're the one that's holding back by saying that other people are suffering. So I should suffer too. But your responsibility is to, if you, if you're ready for the change to accept said change and then implement it, show other people that it's possible because then you touch other people's lives to live Mm -hmm. the same way you are. And this is so funny to me because, you know, we get into the woo hooey in the, witchcrafty and the oh po- the power of positive thinking like oh it's working isn't yeah. it it works and what's the worst that's gonna happen if you try it and it doesn't work like we're not asking you to pay us money we're not asking you we're saying do what's best for you and if it's being a part of our tribe and community come on in and because we're gonna love you and it worked for us that's why we're telling yeah. you try it mm-hmm. okay I mean, you like Ellen. She, <laughs> it's not different. No. Right? No. And that's what she's promoting and preaching. It's just crazy to me. Crazy to me. So how do you feel like you get past imposter syndrome? For me, it's ripping. It's like ripping off a Band-Aid. And I don't know how... I, you and I, Rachel, have talked about this at length. But with me and my anxiety and my insecurities... The moment I verbalize them to other people, they lose all of their hold on me. And I I don't know how to recreate that for other people. It's just something in my brain that I I overthink things so much. But the second I tell someone else about them, I I no longer care what anyone thinks. Mm -hmm. It's my monkey mind's just like, oh, she didn't care about that one person. She's not going to care about the next hundred people. So it, it, it was very powerful for me to start to grow a relationship with with a friend so deep as what I have with Rachel because not to knock anyone else in my life but you and I have such a level of honest vulnerability that I don't have to be I don't have to be afraid of hurting your feelings because of misinterpretation I know that you and I have that we can communicate we can tell each other whatever we want and there's not going to be any judgment. There's not going to be any miscommunication. There's not going to be any you twisting my words and well, getting and we'll, heard about it. We both ha- we can ask for clarification. Yes. Like, hey, I think I'm misunderstanding because I know. Yes. I'm the story I'm telling myself is my friend exactly. would never say this to me. And so if I can work up the courage to verbalize my anxieties to you or to Brett, mm-hmm. you're the two people that I care the most about, like opinions wise, like advice wise, that if you guys don't judge me, I don't give a blip about what the world, rest of the world tells me. It's that's your top five that yeah my top five are, are the people that i care about the most and influence Bring you me the most mm-hmm. yeah um so i don't i wish i knew how to coach people on how to get to that point because there's still i mean there's still some things that i have anxiety about that i don't know in the moment how to verbalize them to you or to brett but i take a day and i think through it and then i can come back and i can talk about it openly and freely mm-hmm. But there are some people that they never get to that point. They mm-hmm. never get to the point where they can come back to an awkward situation or a miscommunication and talk through it. They just keep telling themselves the story of doubt and negativity fear. in their own brain and fear. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, that's what it is for me, really. Yeah. That's how I get past it is I just rip off the bandit and talk about it. And I can't do that. 
like i mean i i think that i need to yeah because <laughs> so i'm like hello like this is what you preach and you can't even do it. i can't do it um you know it's one of the things i talk very heavily with my therapist about is that i do things in baby steps mm -hmm. like i i know that consistency works like that i'm so grateful is my has been my word for years and that i've been able to live by you had consistency in this one thing try it in this other thing you saw that's worked twice do it a third time the problem is is that consistency for me doesn't have momentum mm -hmm. because i'm a can't pull the trigger person i that's my control problem I have accepted how I cannot control other people. I have, I've gotten that down, I think, faster than most people ever will, mm -hmm. recognizing it. But the level of control I have over myself is like, you're terrible at it. Like there, when you talk about like pulling the bandaid off, um, to me, because you say like, once I say it out loud, it's like you're told your monkey mind off, right? Because yeah. your monkey mind is in control. And that's what people need to recognize. Like it's the person in your head. It's the other thing mm -hmm. that when you're not verbalizing out loud is talking in the back of your, is a different person. And I don't think people realize that. That's the person that has the control. It ultimately will make all the decisions. So when we say that thoughts become reality, people kind of brush it off as a hippy dippy thing. It's true because that's the person that will tell you, no, 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 you're not going to do that thing. You thought you might do that thing, but you don't. Who do you think you are? You can't do that thing. So that's how it manifests into the reality. So when you, for you, you rip the bandaid off and me, it's just, I'm going to show you. I'm just going to do it. Like, I feel like I try to reverse psychology, my monkey mind. Like, I'm a predator. Like, <laughs> you know. I'm a variation of both. You think so? Yeah. Like, some things you can do one and the other? Yeah. I'm just, I, I'm too chicken shit. I'm always like, too scared to do it just this way. I put my notice in at Arby's, um, the owner of the location, he came in, and it was a very overwhelming day. And um, he followed me into the office, and I just had said it out loud. I just let him know did you know you were going to do that no it was not planned at all i literally that day i went into work just you know doing my norm and i didn't have any intentions of speaking to anyone out like because i had talked to you guys outside mm -hmm. of arby's about it mm -hmm. um and i had kind of talked talked to a couple girls that work there with me but i never had like let someone of higher power know that these were my thoughts yeah and so whenever he followed me into the office that day and it just came out with I think I'm going to quit. I felt like there was no turning back after that. I felt like Did I you was even invincible. see or hear anything for like 10 seconds after that? <laughs> no, I was just, I was, it was just like, I can't believe I just said that out loud. But then there was no turning back after that. And I gave my notice and was gone in two months. That's awesome. So it was like a rip the bandaid off. But then yeah. there's other situations where I've had to just consistently work through it. Yeah. And just prove to myself that I can do it. Yeah. Well, and that's like proving to yourself that you can do it. Um, my law enforcement job, I had, I had thought about quitting forever. I hated that job. I mean, the money was good. The feeling of giving back to my community was good. But the stress and the, the anxiety that it produced, that's where my anxiety came from. Mm. I never had anxiety before I got a job in law enforcement. And... So I finally went in, asked my, I don't even know what her job title is, but asked my boss basically if I could just go down to part-time. And she said no, because she didn't want to start a trend of people going down to part-time and that she would ask her boss what they thought. But her boss was basically like, if she quit, if she puts in her two weeks notice and quits, then we'll hire her back part-time. And so without even thinking about it, I just was like, okay, I quit. 
here, here's my two weeks notice. I'm going to, I'm quitting. You can either hire me back part-time or I'll be gone. It's fine. Like your, your lack of understanding of my mental struggle with this job is proving to me that I don't need to be here. But then the proving myself that I didn't need that job, I could have walked away then, but I stayed on for a full year. I was two days shy of a year. I stayed on part-time and struggled with that job because it, nothing changed going down to part-time. I still hated going to that job. I still hated being there, but I had to prove to myself that I didn't need that income. Mm -hmm. And going down to part-time, not only cut it, and I was making a third of what I used to make, like, it, it just took me a year to prove to myself that I really didn't need to be there. And I'm so thankful, like, <sighs> I'm so thankful that I'm not there right now. And my imposter syndrome with my job now comes from who do you think you are that you don't have a real job, that you don't have a nine to five, that you don't have a boss that you report to. And it's so- Somebody keep you accountable. Yeah. It's so scary to me because financially it would be easier to have a nine to five or to have a regular job, oh, a yeah. traditional job. Oh yeah. Because you wouldn't have the unknown- Correct. Where is my paycheck going to come from? You know that every two weeks it's going to hit your bank account like clockwork. But I have moments- more and more, I have moments where I start to cry because I'm like, if I still had that law enforcement job, I wouldn't be at the gym right now. I wouldn't be at the park with my goddaughters right now. I wouldn't be able to do this right now. Like, how lucky am I that, you know, I, for the last two and a half months, I have not reported to a single person. I am my own boss. I get up and I make my own hours. And it's, <laughs> it's so crazy that, so you asked a little bit ago, you know, your thoughts of can you do it? Like, or I can't do this. Do they get less and less about being yeah. your, your full-time boss, your self-employed? I still have those almost daily, but I'm starting to have more of the opposite. How lucky am I yeah. that, that I am doing it? Like I might not be doing it as great as I want to in the, in, in 10 years. Like I don't want to be at the same level of self-employed I am now with income that I, I want to be light years ahead in 10 <laughs> years, but how lucky am I that I'm surviving and, and I'm making it work right now because for the last, a lifestyle that you want yeah for the last two and a half months i've been creating a lifestyle that allows me to go to the gym five days a week like I, i've thought about this the other day like i go to the ymca five days a week you know I, I do different things every day but when i was working in law enforcement i went to the gym maybe once a, a year honestly like i had a gym membership that i paid for monthly but i did not go monthly i when i had my job in law enforcement and i had shift work and i worked 40 to 60 hours a week I couldn't go to lunch with friends. I couldn't see my friends on weekends. I had to miss out on birthday parties and weddings and things like that because I couldn't get approved for the time off. And now I make my own schedule and I do whatever I want to do. And every day is jam packed full of stuff. But Which it's you said I you, chose. you were surprised, remember? Oh, yeah. I am so surprised. Yeah. When I quit my job, I thought that I was going to be lounging and watching Netflix all the time. <laughs> did you? Like, that was yeah. the dream. Yes, I did it too. Yes. But, and I, I'm we so, did it. We did it. I am so happy that I went part-time for that year because I did lounge and watch yeah. Netflix and do all of that, like, fucking off for the first year. And then now that I'm 100% self-employed, I know that if I do that, I you're won't survive. Yeah. yeah. You're not going to survive. Yeah. Those are not income-producing But you activities. have to be careful. You have to be careful because I did the exact same thing. And I told you that when yeah. you were getting ready to quit, right? I did the exact same thing. But I did, I did, I did not make things hard enough for myself to get moving. Yeah, like because <clears throat> that was when then I switched to a lot more credit card usage, mm -hmm. and like you had said, and um, still not 
getting up and doing the things the, as many things as I should have. It was like I was that was that's for me that's that pulling the bandaid off, right? Mm-hmm. I I slowly made things bad for myself so that I could find a bottom to finally get where I needed to be. <clears throat> but you know that I think that that's incredibly powerful that you had talked about, you know, that your vision has shifting because that's what you know when we talk about gratitude that that's one of the easiest ways to switch that mindset and people don't really believe in that power or they mm-hmm. just think it's so silly that I post that thing three times a day but this is so cute the other day I was at a party and one of the girls was leaving the ordering room and she was like by the way I'm so grateful for your three grateful things mm-hmm. and I was like yay but you know and so many people do it now which is great because it's not about whatever I'm doing it's not about it's nothing except for teaching people that when you realize how much you really have it's so much easier to let the other things roll off your back oh yeah and and you're teaching them consistency consistency and that it changing your point of view and your perspective on the world is not one day saying i'm grateful for these three things ten things a hundred things whatever it's reminding yourself to do it every single day and i love that you start your day off with your grateful things because you set your mindset for the entire day mm-hmm. I usually forget until the, the, that night, but then I get to go to sleep and I get to put my head on the pillow, reminding freshly yourself. thinking yeah. of the three things that I was most grateful for that day. Mm-hmm. And it's it's been huge because I, I laugh that your friend told you that you were miserable 10 years ago when you worked at Verizon because three years ago I was fucking miserable. Yeah. Like, there were so many people that worked in my law enforcement job that stopped talking to me before I quit that job because they didn't want to be around me. And now that I don't work there anymore have reached out to me like, Hey, we should get drinks. Like, Hey, we should hang out. Yeah. And it's because they can, they haven't been around me physically, but they can see my consistency posting on social media, the things I'm grateful for and the things that I'm doing and the changes that I'm making mm-hmm. and the lifestyle that I'm creating for myself. Yeah. Because it's not a lifestyle of necessity. It's a lifestyle of choice. Correct. And that's the freedom of being self-employed and the moments where it gets hard and I am doubting myself, like, how am I going to keep the lights on this month? Because, you know, it's, I've been lazy. I haven't done m- the maximum potential of, of effort to make money this month. So my bills are tight, you know, and money's tight and everything. But then I go back to, but you made the choice. You had the choice to not be as determined or as active this month like you're in a place where you can make that choice right you're responsible because i'm responsible Mm -hmm. for for myself where i feel like if i was at rock bottom of self-employment like i would be going i feel like i would be running a million miles a minute and not making any money that to me that to me is rock bottom where right now i understand that i'm suffering because i'm not working to my true potential yeah i'm making i'm literally making just enough to get by because i'm still figuring out what being self-employed means to me it's only been two and a half months but it's also making responsible money decisions like not using credit yes and living within your means yes and being credit free for two months like that's hard and difficult because the entire last year when i was part-time at my job i was putting everything on credit cards Mm because i wasn't making enough money from part-time employment to to do things in cash i had to put everything on credit cards yeah and so now being 100 percent self-employed and not using a single dime on on credit cards for two months is huge for me yeah huge yeah well and i think that uh that's it's where most people are is what you were talking about before and that's why it's really important to understand is that you know sometimes i used to think that it was easier to promote being an entrepreneur 
that life was easy mm-hmm. because you wanted everybody to be able to do it or you wanted you wanted everybody to do it you didn't want to be able to be able to do it because if, if being able to do it was accepting and telling them it's not easy it's yeah. not supposed to be easy and that's the problem for a lot of people is that you can't do and live the life that you are talking about Jess and choosing that lifestyle until you're ready to do the work on yourself and most people may never get to that they will accept the fact of the nine to five is they they think it's a status quo when it's not and that's not the way that you end up living your best life in my opinion well and you know our our virtual mentor that we've never met in person um she talks a lot about the fact that you have to choose your own difficult like are you going to choose your difficult of where you have to get up and hustle every day or are you going to choose the difficult of you have to go work for somebody that you hate every yeah. day or that you're or that you're working your eighth weekend in a row yes that you're missing your eighth birthday party or your social events or whatever because or that you can't fund your own retirement yeah oh, i just listened to this podcast by her today oh, that she was talking about weird. she hates Walmart or she hates seeing Walmart greeters the, the 80-year-old yeah. Oh, yeah, grandma yeah. and grandpa or subway sandwich maker yes that they had those jobs that that paid into social security and they were promised this yep. life of luxury after they retired and they worked hard their entire lives and it's running but, it's gone but it's gone and now they're having to work go back into the workforce at 80 years old yeah and they're having to do these things too. so that to will, me, that's my mother yeah, I that's mean, my mother. That's I'm afraid that I'm very thankful that my grandmother is not going to be that way. She was, she was very smart with her money when she worked all of sixty years of her life very very hard. But, um, but that almost is my motivation today. Is I know that I'm on the right career path. I know that I'm on the right the right lifestyle path for myself because I don't want to be eighty still working for. Don't a I five. won't be. Yeah, no. I will. I won't be fifty. No. Working the way that other 50-year-olds will be working. I I know that in my heart of hearts. So I don't know exactly how it's going to look yet, but I know that 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 will be my life. And my husband will be whatever he wants to be by the time. Okay, he, he turns 46 on Sunday, guys. Aww. Oh, Happy birthday, Tom. Yeah, and by the time he's 50, I would like him to be able to do whatever he wants to do. Yeah. That's my goal. Um, yeah. Last night you had me fill out those goal sheets and I told you I didn't know what my goals were. And you were like, well, that's a problem. Uh, <laughs> but I filled out my financial and lifestyle goals for the next. I think it sounds it was, like something I say. <laughs> I think it was for the next 90 days, the next 18 months, and the next. Three th- three years and five years. Three years. Yeah. Some, something like that. Um, and I put on there for, I think three years was the maximum on this little goal sheet. And I was thinking, I was like, okay, well, I know what I want to want to be making like per month or per year financially in the next three years. I was like, but goal wise, like lifestyle wise, what do I want to do in three years? And I made the, I wrote it down before I really thought it through. I would like to retire my boyfriend in three years because by then he'll be my husband, but I would like to retire him so that he can do whatever he wants to do. Because right now I know that he's working a job that he does like, he does enjoy, but he's working it out of necessity. Yes. He has to have that job yes. because he is very much like Tony. Yes. He would much rather me be working a job that I feel he fulfilled knows. in. Yeah. Where he will just do the hard work and he'll do the job. He'll be the provider. Financial he'll be the provider. All three of the, the our, men's our are in our life. Are. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like That's it's a very, important. I feel like it's a very men mentality just because society provider. beat it into them to be the providers. Well, and they all came from backgrounds anywhere where they had to be. Yeah. 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 So I think that's really important that we talk about that because like when I say retire as well, 
it's not that I expect that my husband's going to stop working at 50. Mm-hmm. And people should also know that when I say, like, I will have that lifestyle when I'm 50, I don't even think, I will, I will still be working. Oh, yeah. Because that poor, I almost said it backwards, that piss poor attitude that I had in my 20s about the sense of entitlement and wanting to just, like, have a film crew follow me around. Like, come the f- on, okay? Right. But to, to have a lifestyle like that is, it's filled a void. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's what people need to realize is that you see the hustle now and you see grinding and you see working. It's because we want to. Yeah. And it's not because – I mean, there's there's normal necessities of paying bills and things like that. But I will not – He they, they're not sitting on – like, oh, my God, I can't talk right now. They won't be sitting on the beach only drinking, you know, margaritas, like 365. It's not that – they mine will be chefing. Yeah. My husband will be cooking for people just because he wants to cook for people. And if he decides to turn it into a small business, great. But if he just decides to do it out of the goodness of his heart, that's even better. Your yeah. husband's going to do whatever calls to him. Uh, he's going to be a radio show host. But it's going to be the most radical, like, oh, my God. It, Is he, this his dream he, that you're sharing with us right yes, now? He, he Tell us now what? Okay, so his dream that he told me, because I asked him this a couple months ago, because I... I know what my dream job is. I'm I'm doing my passion profession photographer. Yeah. Um, so I asked him what his dream job would be. And he said that he wants to be a radio show host, like a talk show host. But he wants to be able to talk about all of the things that are taboo that you're not supposed to talk about. Like he wants to be able to say things that aren't PC but are true. Like that like, may- I don't know. Can we have an example? <sighs> or do you have one? No, I, do- I don't because my mind does not work the same way his does. But he does. He wants to be very blunt, and he doesn't want to have to to worry about censoring. worry about yeah worry about censoring himself so that he appeals to the masses. Like he is going to have a very niche market of people that sure. he he's talking to. But that's his dream is to have right. a radio show. It better, he, it better be on the goals list. It's on my goals list for him. So in in three to five years, he will be retired to the point where three he, to five is vague. <laughs> it is. It is less vague than eventually. So true. In, true. Sure. My goal is three years, but by five years, it will be guaranteed that okay. he will financially, we will be able to allow him to take a job like that and not, and not be burdened by the, what if somebody sues us by something he said, because that's my fear for him having that job is that she's going to make enough money in the world to be sued by anybody is what she's saying. Exactly. <laughs> I will be making enough money in the world. I don't care if he try and sue us for something my husband said. All right, Haley. <laughs> How about for you? How do you feel like you, I mean, like you said, you were a mix in terms of how you deal with like moving on to the next level, but how do you feel like you deal with imposter syndrome? Not well. (laughs) Is that what your answer is going to be? I deal deal with it all the time though. Like, I don't know. I don't know how I can really explain how I deal with it though. So like, I feel sometimes that Scott was very supportive in me leaving my um, eight to five corporate job, mm-hmm. but um, there's also I feel like pushback sometimes where um, he has to go work, but he knows that I just get to stay at home and work from home. So he feels like they don't feel like it's as I I, I think that sometimes that's perceived as you're not working. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, like they think you just you're living life. I mean, you yeah. did do that for a while. I did that for a while. I think I yeah, did that for a while. Everybody has like, <laughs> but. Um, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> well, I know it was really hard for me. I was afraid that Brett would, would view me as being lazy. Because, That's what I feel, too. Because yeah. he comes home and sometimes the TV is on. But he didn't just see me 
do four hours of computer right. work or photo editing or sometimes he comes home and I'm actively editing photos on my computer but the TV's on in the background and he's just like must be nice or something like he'll make a joke he means a it as a joke comment, yes yeah but it's just like I have to explain to him that I haven't heard a single thing that's gone on on that TV for the last four hours it's only it's on background noise. it's only on so that I don't obsess about every creak that our old building makes because I get freaked out when I'm home alone. Like I used to message him all the time because I'm just like, I feel uncomfortable being home alone because I'm scared of the dark. And like, it, like it's, it's creepy to be home alone. You'll so, get past it. I, I sit I'm, in this I'm house in complete it, yeah. silence now. Oh, like, I can't do it. And the, 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 there's a floorboard in the kitchen or the living room mm-hmm. that the cat steps on the cat who's like six pounds and it's like, and I'm like, mm, cat's upstairs. You'll get you'll get past it. Like, because, well, that's all spirituality. We'll talk about ghosts and stuff later. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, that's funny. That's hilarious. But, yeah. But so. I feel like me and Scott also are on such a different level of yep. growth. Yes. Yes, um, because what you guys you just said. About it too. What you just said about, like, walks in and makes, I've never heard my husband say anything like that to me. Would you be surprised? No, never. Tony's, Tony's yeah, perfect. Well, he's not. It's he's not he's not perfect. perfect. No, but he's more in tune with. He, well, he and he did his personal development years ago. Yes, like when he was in college, he was super smart. You know what I mean? So he just that it's be, partly because of him that I have that growth because he he modeled it for me and was yeah. patient as hell when I was just a brat. <clears throat> so you were saying about Scott, but like I was saying, me and you have talked about it too. We're on totally different levels of growth. growth. Yes. And so I know that a lot of that has to do with like the snarky things that he may say, but then also monkey brain like comes into effect where I question like, should I really have quit my job? Because he says those yeah. things. Have you told him? Yeah. We've discussed it. Do you like, feel like it, it has changed any? Yeah, I ha- he hasn't said anything like recently, but in the beginning it was a lot like not all the time, but enough. Yeah. Enough to where it bothered me, but yeah. Well, that's really great, though. Yeah. The, the, that's just, again, another example on why you have the hard conversations. Yeah. Because in in all actuality, like, even on, if it's on a sub-level conscious that they – a subconscious level that they do mean it, like, mm-hmm. they're mad because they're yeah. jealous, they're not intending to hurt us. No. It's just the way that it is. And that's what you have to – again, when you're in a level of growth like, – I was just coaching the, you know, my friend today that was over and saying, it sucks – because you have to be the one that has more empathy. You mm-hmm. always have to be the bigger person because you know that they are operating from a, a place of fear, pain, jealousy, whatever. And it's not personal. Mm-hmm. It's never personal. It's what we're making up in our own brain. So, my God, what a good chat today. You going to come back every week? Yes. <laughs> come back from from, from Missouri. We just want to come do a day trip, trip, trip. Two hour drive for a podcast. Oh, yeah. yeah it, it's worth it. Yeah. It's worth it. Because you get to see us. <laughs> you get to be around your top five. Yeah. You get to have a real life conversation with it. Um, and I truly hope that, you know, I know there's a lot of women out there that especially have been a part of that Facebook group that we're learning, mm-hmm. you know, these women don't have a top five. Mm-hmm. And so if you don't feel like you have that, we, Anderson and I both talk about the fact that and I said this to Haley just yesterday that my top five is not, it's not really local. Like the people, I mean, I'm getting there by networking and learning about other, especially other women that are, you know, entrepreneurial and they can be inspiring and so on and so forth. But you can create that for yourself and you should, if you don't already have it. Well, me and you on our call, on my call that I had with you, I could only give you two. Well, and I was just going to bring up that fact that when we were at the swimming pool a couple weeks ago, I had a realization that my top five were all in the pool 
but I only had top four. Yeah. And then you were just like, well, Olivia could be your top five. And I was like, okay, yeah, well, she really is. Because I always say, hey, best friend, when I see your daughter. So, yeah. 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 Um, and I actually just read it in a, a personal development book the other day that you should know, you should always know that your, your top five is probably going to, somebody in your group is going to leave the group. Uh, roughly six months to a year mm-hmm. uh, it's not a bad thing because they might outgrow you and they can't really be around you as much and they need more support of their own people but it's also yeah. because they might fall them. off yeah ex- that's the more important thing because you have to accept that there's people in your life that are just never going to get it or that you they've done their purpose and that's more important because it's not about any any negative reason they're mm-hmm. leaving it's just that you no longer need each other and that's important well and i have so many friendships now that are I call them my not needy friends because at one point they were my top five mm-hmm. and now they're they no longer are for whatever reason but it was not a bad reason it was just that we both our lives went in separate directions and we no longer need each other as much as we used to mm-hmm. but anytime we get into the same room it's we go back to feeling the same amount of love the same amount of connection it's you just didn't that lose anything we didn't lose anything we just both mutually understood that we weren't what we the other one needed anymore and I am so thankful to have multiple relationships like that. I have multiple friendships that were from a different time zone of my life. Or season. Season. Yeah, that's, I do too. That, but I can go back to them at any point in time for any reason. And they're there for me if I need them. Yeah. And that should be part of the reason why you utilize your social media friends. Mm-hmm. I mean, use it for good. Yeah. To stay in touch genuinely. Find out how people are. They, it matters to them. It does. You would be surprised at how many messages I get now from people that I haven't talked to since high school. Or they comment on a live or something. Why? Because they knew I was a friggin' pissant mm-hmm. back then, too. And right. it's not the same. So, oh, my gosh. This was a fantastic podcast. I already said that once. Tried to wrap up, and we got into this a couple other things, right? But thank you, Miss Haley, for um, letting me strong-arm you into doing this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> it was fun. Yeah, yeah. good. Uh, and as always, thanks to Miss Anderson for mm-hmm. being here. You're um, welcome. Yeah, I appreciate that. Uh, go ahead and remind the peoples where they can find you. You can find me at photoswithanderson.com, also on Facebook at Photos with Anderson. Shocker, I know, right? And then if you are a female energy, 18 years or older, you can find my super secret, top secret group. It's called Boudoir Photos with Anderson, so you can see yourself some sexy time photos. Mm-hmm. Yes, and do not forget we have our free social event again happening uh, for any woman. If, again, if you have children or if you're single, if you have those children that night or if you just need a woman's night out, we have our social event. It's going to be our second, which I'm super excited about. Uh, Maybe you can't make it, but maybe you know a girlfriend that absolutely needs it. So please make sure to recommend them as well. You can find that information out on the Good Girls Guide page on Facebook. And you can also follow me directly on Facebook too. If you are 18 years or older in a feminine energy and you need a place for some sexual wellness and intimacy building, make sure to let me know. We get you invited on over there. And on Instagram, I vote for parties. You should be watching my story, especially if you need that gratitude in your life. I've been doing a lot of reminding you to breathe lately as well and all those kinds of things. So if you just need a little bit of that in your life. And I love it when y'all share your stuff with me so I can share that on my story because that is how it grows. Power of positive thinking. So we want to thank you so much for tuning in. We love your support. We love your stories. We love all the feedback. Uh, and again, these are shareable. You can find these podcasts on Google. You can find them on Anchor. You can find them just about anywhere that podcasts are posted. So share it to your girlfriends straight in their DMs. Give them some good things to look at <laughs> in there, okay? And we will be back next week with another topic that we'll decide on 37 seconds before we launch, all right? <laughs> so have a fantastic week. Love you, love you. Bye. Bye.